0: Hey guys, welcome to the Timeless Truths Men's Bible Study, our excursion through John's first letter. And uh, Rick Hicks shared last week from the stages of spiritual growth that John mentions, that which seems to be almost his address to the reader, I write to you young men, I write to you children, I write to you fathers, the things we need to remember in our stage of growth as well as being patient with those that are younger. Rick and I were talking Sunday and shared with me the story of the prodigal son kind of demonstrates these three stages of, of spiritual growth. There's the elder brother who could represent the young man who didn't have mercy on the younger brother who was li- who had been living like a child. And then there's the father who, you know, come to a place of maturity. Anyway, it's neat how the scriptures all tie in together. Our speaker this evening is Mr. Bill Breedlove. Bill grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, born in California, and after he grew up, eventually he wound up living in California for a while, worked in the lighting industry, started in that back during the days of the disco craze, and has worked all over the world, spent some time in China and some other things, has a real revelation of the gospel and the love of Jesus for us all. And so, Bill, we turn it to you, my brother, come and bring us the word from 1 John chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we've got some there on the back table.
1: Thank you, Pastor. I want to start with a prayer to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him that He takes over my tongue. <laughs> he leads me. He guides me in my words. Amen. Amen. Simple Amen. and short, I know He heard me. Um, tonight I've got a pretty short, pretty short, uh, um, uh, Biting Forever. Uh, This is actually, yeah, John 1, chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And as I looked at the sign up sheet, I avoided it. I went to all the other ones and I read the book and I read the book and. And for some reason I was drawn back to it. Um, I got a feeling I know why now. Um, We should read it right off because this has been my life, living in the world. So John states, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. This seems to all be concentrated on just one of these two worlds that we now live in. Um, all through John I see it's like he repeats everything at least twice he's going over subjects again and again Um, but this one right here yeah it struck me God was not going to uh, let me off the hook with this one Um, because I little bit about the past. I had a rough start in life. I guess it was so rough that I don't remember the majority of my childhood. Mm. But my childhood probably begins when my mom got sick around 12 and sooner or later died by the time I was 16, being comatose for a lot of that time. And... Being raised in the Catholic Church didn't give me anything, in fact it gave me a very negative view about this so-called God, and that's a lot for a kid. But at 16, after seeing my dad broken from the medical expenses, torn up by the priest, by relatives, and trying to raise me and my younger sister, I... Distinctively remember that day when I walked through the house a simple place I slept on an army cot dad did whatever he could but I knew it was time to go because the only thing in the house was a kid, a growing teenager who was hungry all I found and I remember these items very well Butter, bread, potatoes, onion, peanut butter, and jelly. And that was it. I walked out, and I was on my own. In the world. Well, I didn't have any guidance counselors. I didn't have any youth groups. I didn't have anything. I was hungry and broke and living on the streets. So I adjusted in the world rather quickly because the arms were open in the world for a guy like me. Thank goodness that little bits of, let's say, interaction with the police and overnight stays in jail, that was not the way to go. I didn't like it there. So fortunately enough, I didn't do anything bad enough to have put me there for a long time. But I began to work, take care of my food needs, work in a restaurant if you're hungry. That'll do it. Um, That was a good start. But then... People were ordering me around, telling me what I could do and I couldn't do. And because I was under twenty-one, I I I was stuck. I was stuck. You got to obey the law. Um, You got to obey other elders. And pretty soon, I found myself in Vietnam, the war. Again, somebody said, "You got to (laughs) go. You got to go fight." What? (laughs) Wait a second. I just got me a decent job. You know, I'm feeding myself, got a little money in my pocket. Well, we're going to take that away from you. Go fight. In the world, fighting evil people for what? I don't know, this was Vietnam, we lost. But I know I left that surface just as broke, in fact, probably brokeer than the day I left home at 16. Because I had to borrow somebody's pants and shirt because I had absolutely nothing, nothing. And I was on the streets again. <sighs> Nobody's going to help me except me. So I got this me, me, me attitude and went into that world. And and to, to compress this story... God was probably with me. (laughs) Um, It's taken me a lifetime to recognize that. But at 20, I managed to get myself out of the service. All on honorable conditions, gentlemen. But I at least cut my stay a couple of years short <laughs> from the war. One tour was enough, you know. <laughs> um, got a job, went back to work, worked hard, worked hard, saved, uh, was planning my future, deciding that I am just going to work my tail off for at least ten years, not give up. you know, 80 hours a week, whatever it took, I wanted things from that world. And as things turned out, I mean, I met
0: my wife,
1: we got married, I was an owner of my own business, now I could call the shots. So at about 22, man, I was off and running. One of the greatest things about working for yourself is you can make decisions. You can call the shots, you can tell yourself how much you're going to pay yourself. You're in control. But I was exposed to the rich people of this world. And I liked what I seen. They had a unique knack of taking my money out of my pocket and putting it in theirs. And I developed an attitude of, when I see them, I want my money back out of their pocket. And that's all I cared about. But I got involved in the industry, probably the worst thing ever, because this was in the world. The sex, drugs, rock and roll, the corruption, you name it. I had customers of all sorts mainly rich, from the Mafia to Hugh Hefner, too. I could drop names. Oh, I could drop names. Um, they were all customers. They were all customers, and I was getting my money out of their pockets. I never believed in, I'm sorry, uh, Scott isn't here tonight, because I, I was joking about a jersey that he was wearing with, uh, what's his name from from the Cowboys, their Roma. quarterback?
0: Roma. <laughs>
1: yeah. I went, you bought that? You gave him your money for that? You know, it's like, no, 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 no. I had football stars as clients. I was taking money from them. I wouldn't wear one of their shirts because that cost me money, and that's what they're all about, taking our money. The rock singers, the movie stars, they take our money. No, 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 no. But the taste for this world was... Ah, oh, that thirst for that was such a driving force, seeing the Bel Air Estates, Beverly Hills, the, um, the movies, the movie star homes. Mm-hmm. Um, not many people can say that on New Year's morning at 7 o'clock, I was having a beer with Dean Martin. Hey, morning, Dean. I wanted that, man. That was that was that was it. Well, in the meantime, now, at about twenty, twenty-one, I also accepted Christ for the first time, but it was in a pretty superficial way, because I was in the world, not someplace else of the world. No, I was in the world. But that sounded like a pretty good deal. Life insurance was free. that was giving me life insurance. It was something I hadn't had before, so I accepted that and i and I think that gave me my successful marriage that gave me my children that also gave me a child who had born with a hole in the heart first miracle in my life that i did I recognized but i didn't recognize because I was so in the world. So I'm I'm painting a picture that this world is evil. You said it, another blood moon, evil, evil, evil. I believe it, I believe it. There's nothing good out here in this world except Christ, this book, and what he's done to get us out of the world. But I believe that through that, An operation that didn't go well on my two-year-old son, but miraculously he was healed, and I've got to say he's in his mid-30s today, and if you put a stethoscope on his heart, you do not hear a heartbeat to this day. (laughs) But he is perfectly healthy, because with every inspection over the years of him growing up and having to have that stethoscope put down and look inside his heart, it's perfect. It's perfect. They find nothing wrong, but he has no heartbeat. It's slush, gurgle. It's it's <laughs> you know, uh, It it's it's a physical manifestation of God's work in him. Amen. That God. But that was all pushed aside because I was having fun around the world. I was I was going. To make it easy, I didn't have to to spend a lot of money on a fancy brochure. What I would tell clients, if they say, well, they want to see some of my work, I'd say, well, watch the Oscars or watch The Love Boat. We're in the 70s generation. Some of you are old enough to remember those golden years with Dean Martin and the gold diggers. I was there. I was there. So for me, my brochure was, I got something on TV all the time. And the disco years, yeah, I mean, very prominent. That's really what hurled me into even more, more of what eventually I learned to get out of. One of the reasons I moved here to Texas. Um, But to finish that story, after 10 years, I I was in their league now. And it's funny how the, the, the draw from In This World... I'm sure you all had this experience of going into a very expensive men's clothing store, even a cheap one. But I bet you money that all of you were able to walk up and just go, ah, I like that. And it turns out to be the most expensive thing on the rack. Shoes, you, you're just drawn to it. You're drawn to it why, you know, I've often wondered that, why are you drawn to that finest material, you know, it's in the world, and there are forces that are drawing us into the world, that's one of it, you know, Uh, Hugh Hefner's fame was only the beautiful women that he got to hang around him, it wasn't Hugh, it was those women, that's what you wanted to see. I didn't care about him, <coughs> except the jealousy factor. Well, um, I was so caught that after ten years, or actually after eight years, I had enough money to retire. But greed stepped in. <laughs> And I went, I'm doing so good now, one more throw of the dice, just one more, and I'll really be set. <laughs> I never knew I could lose so much so fast <sighs> with unexplainable reasons. Nothing I did, but my international corporation by this time imploded. It was just, it, it, I couldn't survive. Again, I think I know why. You know, it's taken a lifetime to figure that out. So, bellied up, broke. I got a normal job. But the next seven years were pretty sweet. Went back to the church environment. Raised the kids. Family. Church. Children. Wife. And it worked. And in seven years, I was out of the hole. From having a lot to being in the hole was staggering, but seven years, I was blessed. But without knowing it, I brought the principles back of the book. Um, I was so tired of that industry, but the industry lured me back in, because after seven years, people missed me in the industry, and it's like, hey, I got the world's largest sign to build. You want to do it? Yeah. Where is it? Vegas. Oh, great. No problem. (laughs) You know. Man, one turnaround on that job, pockets will be full again. Ooh, I closed the book. Honey, I gotta go out of town. So I'm commuting from LA to Vegas, to Vegas, to Reno where this actual project went on. Other jobs came about. I'm back in the industry. And for some reason, something was gnawing on me, because it was like I got to get out of this. I got to, I got to, I got to. So, thank you, Lord, because I was dead set on trying to move out, and I tried. I tried to move to Washington. Mount St Helens blew up. <laughs> tried to move to Canada. The Chinese moved in. <laughs> Actually, all the way here to Texas, I was going, Are you really going to let me go this time, God? You really going to let me go? Yeah, and he did. But I actually came here with the wrong principles again. Again. I didn't learn the first two times. Again. I came with expectations of retiring at 50. And I did and I had the lake house the country club the cars the traveling again i ignored god and and not in a complete way i was still going to church i was the passive christian the christian who said grace faith jesus i'm saved that's it no more no less i'm okay it was all in the world that 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 pulled me, and pulled me, and pulled me. Um, didn't learn my lesson, <laughs> until about five years later, at 56 when my dad died, and I knew I would die then. Sure enough, I had a heart attack. Boom. I was down. I was down. But I did something really stupid, knowing I was going to die I planned it. I planned it. That's why I wanted to retire at 50, so I could have some fun. You know, so that's what I did. I fished, I played, I, you know, I enjoyed myself, because I'm going to die. Well, that day on the couch, when I couldn't breathe, (laughs) I wound up praying. (laughs) All of a sudden, yeah, things changed, and I, yeah, I began to pray, and, I had my operation. But I was still in the passive mode because of the desires of this world. And I just got to press on that. This world um, wasn't enough. I didn't get the message. I didn't get the message to really return to God the way He wanted me to return. So... I started to get blood clots to the brain. The wife got cancer. We had to sell the lake house. What could be lost was lost once again. Even my dog died. Hmm. But now, I don't care because I got dementia. You know, I've made jokes in the past, I knew I was going to die from stupidity. <laughs> One day, everything would just not turn on because I was losing body parts. And I i, I mean, I, I was physically going down. My wife was physically going down. She left me. She wanted to, you know, she couldn't take it anymore for whatever reasons. And, and boom, here I go again. But that's when I guess I had my Damascus experience. Uh, Mine is named the Gideon story because the day that I learned to cry out with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength that I couldn't take it any more. But I remember it because I screamed it. I was in Benbrook Park. And I mean, if somebody drove by, they'd see me out there with my hands raised to the sky and I was screaming, I can't take this anymore. And that's when he touched me for the first time and two and a half days of experiencing events to show me there is another world. <laughs> and and he showed me graphically. He showed me wood's not real. He showed me nature's not real. He showed me science and chemicals were not real. He, sh- he showed me things steadily for two and a half days back to back of incredible events that were not of this in this world from this world it got my attention finally (laughs) and for the next few months everything was was i i just unbelievable unbelievable when i read this passage that's what was brought that's why i was dragged back to it it was like this is you pal this is you We're not even going to talk about this other world. But as I was drawn to certain scriptures, I got favorite scriptures. That's not what I'm going to use. Um, This is old school teaching. You notice I didn't pass out anything this is pencil and paper and take notes, just like you were at a, at a, at a Billy Graham or a, or uh let's see, I can't think of his name, but didn't you, Rick, just go to a concert? Just, Greg yeah, Greg Laurie, yeah. So you bring your own Bibles, you bring your own pencils, you bring your own notes. I'm not the only one who struggled with this, so now it's time for time for a few scriptures. I think yes. Can somebody open up in the book of John? We're going to chapter eight, and I really think forty-two through forty-seven is is quite applicable. These are, these are things that struck me about struggling with things in this world. And then we'll, we'll jump to some things that relate to out of this world.
0: you want me to read it? Uh, please. All right. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth Why do you not believe me He who is of God Hears God's words Therefore you do not hear Because you're not of God
1: That's so well put Um, The next one is one of my favorites So I'll read it And then uh, if somebody would like to read uh, In um, uh, uh, Philippians I've got a couple of spots. One is in the first chapter, twenty one to and twenty three. I guess we could put all twenty two in there too. And Philippians three, nineteen and twenty. And I'll read Romans seven. In other words, this is Paul has this trouble too. Paul. Paul, who had the Damascus experience, who met Jesus on I, I mean, you know, how great is that? And the guy is struggling with the same thing I've struggled with. That's amazing. That's just, that's just it's insane to think that, that this man was so blessed I mean, to have this kind of encounter and other encounters that he wrote this. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. Sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Oh, come on. You know, you imagine he's sitting there. And this is Roman, so where was he? You guys are the experts. Where was he when he wrote the, the, the book of Romans? He had to be in prison. It was just I, which I prison don't, I don't think he or was. on the on the island? no, maybe not. He was free at that point, so. <laughs> That's a heck of a I statement, and that's it when I read that it was uh, you know, I loved it because he he just he's dealing with the same kind of issues, which means that being in this world, this temptation. The, these demonic forces are so strong that they could even take Paul and twist him around and make him fall. Ha, ha, ha. We're going to get everybody's ideas on how they protect themselves towards the end. Who's got uh, uh, Philippians 1:21? I'll do it. Would you? Philippians 1:21. Yes, through 23. Well, to me, to live is, is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose, I want not. That's 23, right? Yeah. For I am a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Well, he's coming to some conclusions there, you know. (laughs) He's figuring it out.
0: (laughs) He's in jail there.
1: Okay, yeah. (laughs) Most of his career was in jail. (laughs) Uh, How about 31920? Who's got that one that they'd like to read? Nobody, do I have to turn to it?
0: All right, I got it. Who's so uh, three? You, you want to start at eighteen, or you start at? Well, end?
1: uh yeah, probably eighteen is a little better of a start.
0: Okay, <clears throat> for many walk of, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and glory is in their shame, for they mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look. For the Savior of Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.
1: Then the next one I got. Wait a 20.
0: Or what? What, what, is, what was the beginning of 20?
1: Verse 18, 19. 20. Oh, verse 20. 19. For our conversation is in heaven? Yeah. And I have citizenship is citizenship. in heaven. But our citizenship, yeah, we belong up there. We belong up there, not down here. This is old KJ
0: King James I, didn't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> this
1: is I don't know what, that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. I didn't what Okay. Well, we we got some positive things too, though. Um, I just wanted to point out that with this this reading in John, you know, he's trying to express some points of view, but they've been said again and again by our other apostles. Um, that they're struggling that there are two worlds here Um, if we jump into John we also got some positive things going Um, following that and I don't know why I put this one next but we're going to read them all in John 16.33 it says be of good cheer Jesus overcame the world so Hey, Hallelujah. hey, um, Pastor brought up somebody who was new into Christ, and it was a story about how excited the man was to find John three sixteen, where God so loved the world that He came down. Yeah.
0: Mark Thomas. and this,
1: that you know. But
0: <laughs> that's,
1: that, that's that innocency of, of discovering the real Jesus, discovering the the fruit of this book. Um, is that what he meant when he said, you become as one of these, you will not enter the Yeah, yeah. And in Luke, it says, when the kingdom comes, watch and pray. Because it is coming. And we better be watching. We better be looking up. And we better be praying. We better be ready. Be ready. I follow the doom and gloom. You know, I love the, <laughs> the I, I, I love the childlike belief, and I hope I never lose it. But because of, of delving in with that, and the Beatitudes, one of my favorites is to hunger and thirst for that righteousness makes me want to read, makes me, I don't put it off, I put off something else, wait a second, you know, I mean, Gary's my neighbor, he calls me in the morning, what are you doing, Bill, I'm in my study period, you know, I like to study. you're your grants, Bill. Yeah, later, you. later, later. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I can wait until I get done reading. Yeah. yeah. Study time. It's study time, it's just study time, this is my time, you know, my time, um, you know, and there and there's others. John 15:4, "Remain in me, and I will remain in you." John 15:18, 19. If the world hates you, it hates me first. I chose you out of this world. Man, it's powerful. In Timothy 4:18, the Lord will rescue me, and bring me to His heavenly kingdom. Something yeah. to look forward to. Wow, something to look forward to. So that story with John three sixteen and and you're saying that was Mark, huh? That's that 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 child like faith. When I when I was going through this book in those first six months I'm not sure when. But another reason And I don't even have to look it up because there's only two words that I want to say. I knew I was in the world. And I knew that God gave me a chance to get out of the world. But that draw, that magnetism to to all of what the world has to offer you think, Was capsulated. And, oh, just for trivia, maybe somebody of you heard this, I heard that tears of weeping are actually different than tears of joy. That the chemical makeup of a tear is different between those two. When you weep or when you laugh, those teardrops are different. Well, I learned not to study over my Bible because I can show you Ecclesiastics I ruin my pages I ruin the pages because when I read from the richest man who had the most wisdom, the most wealth the everything, the richest man in the world, now I dealt with the third richest man in the world but never the richest man in the world and he says it's meaningless meaningless the tears flooded and my pages all got wrinkled and this'll that don't do that don't do that
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> i now I'm, I'm always aware of what my tears do to this thin little onion paper that that's used to write on uh but it, it hit it hit home here's here's the best of the best uh, the biggest, the strongest, the wisest in everything, and this is his conclusion too, it ain't worth it. It just ain't worth it. So with this childlike faith, it allows me to dream, to have the wild moments, to break into the tears, to praise fully, to pray completely, and have complete trust. The maturity comes with the study, um, the fellowship, the debates, the walking in the Word, the teaching. But I don't want to lose that child, childlike faith, and at the very beginning. I was led to certain scriptures, and one of those scriptures, and I think it's very important to me, this is what I do in the morning, I put on the full armor of God. What do you do when you get up in the morning? What's the first thing that you do? I start putting on the armor, because when I don't, things happen. Things happen that are not good, things happen. So I'm in that habit of putting on the armor, I take the stand, I gird the loins with the truth. Man, I mean, I go through it all, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, that shield of faith. I want the biggest shield possible, and I want that double-edged sword to be so sharp with the word, because that's my offensive weapon. Um, what do you guys do to get ready to protect yourself from all of the adversaries that are in this world while we wait to get out
0: <laughs> Bill, let's just imagine this morning. You're getting up. You're going to put on your armor. Can you do it in front of us? Demonstrate what you do to do it. Proclamation and prayer. What you're doing. Can you just uh, just model it for us?
1: Yeah, I I I actually in in those steps, I have envisioned the Roman soldier. um, But the very first thing I wind up doing is I find myself waking up. Singing to the Lord, praising the Lord, praying to the Lord about a dream I just had, or going, "What was that all about?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, "Whoa!" And that's usually what happens before I step out of bed, and then, you know, get myself together. But I, I visualized taking the stand, the Roman soldiers never sat down after they won a battle they were to remain standing firm so that they showed no weakness to the enemy so whether win or lose they were told to stand firm i think that's why we see this because it's related to it and and i think of the blood covenant the circumcision and. Yeah, I put on the belt of truth, Lord. Protect me with the truth. And through your grace and mercy, I'm covering my heart and soul with your breastplate. And with my head, protect my mind so that I can't be attacked with lustful thoughts, human desires. I'll even polish my helmet a little bit. <laughs> and I look for cracks in the shield because it's my faith. And that faith, I might go to some of my standard scriptures in Psalms 51, Psalms 91, Psalms 139, uh, scriptures that stuck, those, those first key scriptures. All these are things I'm reciting. James, if I'm in pain, first part of James, have joy in your trials and tribulations. Boy, have I gone through that one, you know, for literally months, you know, and that's all he did was pound that scripture into me on the radio, on television, through a sermon. I, I just, I, I get when I, when he wants me to remember a scripture, he hits me hard, and and he lets me know this is coming from me and i want you to know what this what this says and i have got now my handful of tried and true blue scriptures to, to rely on daily daily but i get that that shield up i look for cracks <laughs> i mean I, I i i want i want it big I, I want it big i i i go for a big shield because uh, the faith is really important, and and I usually, in a physical way, hold this arm up like I am holding a shield, and I raise this this hand up over my head. I often do this, and imagine the sword in my hand, and how, it's a double-edged blade. God's word is on one side. My words are on the other side, and I'm looking to sharpen it. It's like I gotta, I, I, I gotta set something else in mind because that's that my power is in the tongue, and the tongue and the word, and with a breath, things can happen, Seeds can part. I, God says, hey, ask, I'll give it to you. One last comment that I want to make: that I don't want to be so hardened that I forget the childlike faith and this is what I came up with we're stuck to the earth because of the dust but when I look down at that dust and see my tears fall my tears turn that dust back into clay and it makes me want to look up where instead of just seeing six feet of the ground that I'm stuck to. I get to look up where out of Genesis the birds fly in the midst of heaven and I can look a million miles into God's creation. I know He's up there and He says, look up. I draw near and I can see an entire universe that He can hold in the palm of His hands. Amen. Wow. Amen. wow. Amen.
0: Thank you, Bill, for bringing the scripture to life. The guy lived those verses. No, there's no substitute for life. And you fed my soul, and I really appreciate Brilliant. it. Thank you, Bill. Hey, brothers, do you guys have any input for us?
1: This, that was a very good part, Brother Bill. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate
0: it. Thank you, Bill. It's Hal. Thank you, brother. Hey, bless you, Hal. All right. Bless you, guys.